You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone Philadelphia right here on Rocket Sports Media and the AHL Report, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. We are so glad that you are here with us today. Uh, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent at the AHL Report, and I'm joined each and every week by our editor-in-chief and the founder of Rocket Sports Media, and he is my fabulous co-host, that's Rick Stevens. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm, I bet you are. You know, Rick, it, for those uh, listeners, of course, you know that you can find him at All Habs on Twitter. Uh, he covers the Montreal Canadiens full time as well. Uh, and so I'm sure you're uh, feeling pretty good getting ready to start a playoff series for the Canadiens tonight. Something that Flyers fans, unfortunately. A historic playoff uh, <laughs> uh, ex- experience with, yeah. with the Leafs and the Canadiens. But um, yeah, it's... Uh, uh, there's all kinds of hockey at this time of year, mm. all kinds of sports going on, and and um, but we're happy to focus right here today on the Philadelphia Flyers organization. That's right, and uh, I think I think a lot of Flyers fans are are enough of just general hockey fans that they're probably enjoying the playoffs as well. Uh, we've got um, lots to talk about, but as we say, you know, it is playoff time. You know, big stakes, bigger promotions. Uh, it's time to hammer the over and score some cash, don't you know? Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to lower the over-under on a featured playoff game. So get this. All players who place a bet on a featured basketball game, we're talking NBA playoffs here, uh, who place a bet on the featured basketball game will have a hand in lowering the over-under on the game. That's right. For every 1,500 players who bet the over on the select game, the over-under will drop by one point. So every better who hammers the over in the featured game helps to lower the game's over-under. Best part is that even as the line lowers, the odds remain at even money. So that's right. You can double your money by hammering the over. And we're talking DraftKings, remember? DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. So you can deposit and withdraw your funds 
at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN when you sign up to hammer the over. For every 1,500 people that bet the over in the featured game, the line will decrease by a point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds of the over hitting. So tell your friends and family, hey, this is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Restrictions do apply. Maximum $25 wager, one per customer. Offer ends May 23rd, 2021. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And of course, remember, whether it's DraftKings Sportsbook or DraftKings Daily Fantasy, whichever app you prefer, uh, use that promo code THPN to get all sorts of extra goodies and promotions and offers and so forth. We like goodies. We like goodies. Um, We like talking about the Flyers, and that's the first thing we're going to do today. Uh, We're going to talk a bit about... um, some of the things that the Flyers are doing in the offseason, um, the team's nominee for the King Clancy Memorial Trophy has been announced. We'll, we'll talk a bit about that, as well as a local community initiative that the Flyers have kicked off uh, this, this past week that seems to so far be really receiving a lot of success. Uh, and then we're just going to transition to uh, the life down on the farm, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, uh, because that was the big splashy news this week, uh, learning that uh, Scott Gordon and Kerry Huffman will not be back behind the bench for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms this season, coming off one of the better seasons they've had in recent years. Uh, so we'll get into a little bit of the details about that. And then, of course, the Phantom season is over. Uh, I was on the call on Sunday night, um, Post game to speak with Scott Gordon in what we didn't realize then would be his last media availability as part of the Flyers organization. And so we've got some audio from him, uh, as well as some audio uh, post game uh, from Cal O'Reilly, uh, the captain this past year, and young Zade Wisdom. Uh, we've got some some audio from both of them, uh, not really so much focused on on. Sunday's game, but more just kind of a, since the Phantoms didn't do uh, a set of exit day interviews this year, uh, I used that opportunity to kind of ask some some exit day style questions and looking back at the season overall. So we've got that coming for you. And then uh, in in the last segment, we'll of course go around the AHL, introduce you to the CCM AHL Player of the Week, uh, introduce you to who is being inducted into the AHL Hall of Fame um, for this for this year talk about who is winning this year's half homes award for the ahl and of course give you a look league-wide at how the standings ended up who who took each division and uh hey the pacific division is actually still playing they're the only ones who opted to do a postseason in their division so we'll bring you up to speed on that before sending you on your merry way with a wonderful feel-good finale busy day busy day. Uh, so let's start with the Flyers. We'll start with the, with, uh, the good stuff. Uh, Scott Lawton is this year's nominee for the King Clancy Memorial Trophy. Of course, Rick, this is a, each team nominates one player who uh, signifies good leadership and uh, their humanitarian and community efforts outside of, of hockey. And I think I, I really have to agree with Scott Lawton being the nominee uh, this year, um, Scott Lawton explays, uh, displays exemplary leadership abilities. He's not your, when you think of the leadership core on the team, you think 
the Giroux's and the Voracek's um, and the Couturier's and maybe the Kevin Hayes. Scott Lawton might not be always the first person that come to mind that comes to mind, but he works hard. He sets a good example. Uh, he has the right attitude um, when faced with adversity. You know, he 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 comes to the rink every day and he and he works hard. He doesn't make excuses. I think Scott Lawton um, is a great choice for for the nominee for the Flyers. Great choice, and and perhaps next uh, next level or next generation of the leadership uh, core in uh, Philadelphia. Um, we 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 saw all of the uh, the nominees as as you said. Each uh, team nominates um, a a candidate for the King Clancy. Then Gary Bettman, Bill Daly sit down. Uh, Flyers fans will be familiar. Flyers and Phantoms fans will be familiar with the San Jose nominee. That being. Uh, Curtis Gabriel, uh, and yeah. uh, well known, and 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 another guy who um, has leadership qualities, and certainly did uh, when he was with the Phantoms, and also uh, known for community involvement. Absolutely, uh, and I think that's a that's a great uh, testament to to the hard work Curtis Gabriel's done this year. He's he's played a good portion of the year with with San Jose uh, after leaving the Phantoms from last year. So um, congratulations to him and all of the other nominees for the King Clancy Memorial Trophy. We'll find out soon whom Gary Bettman and the league choose to be the winner for that. Um, one of the things that the Flyers have constantly done well, and a lot of that was thanks to Ed Snyder's influence. Uh, of course, Snyder hockey is, is an integral part of the Flyers community initiatives, but the Flyers in general uh, really do a lot of great community outreach, trying to introduce kids in the greater Philadelphia area, Southern New Jersey, uh, to the sport of hockey. And it's not always been an accessible thing, particularly, uh, you know, in, in the warmer climates, you know, it's kids in Canada grow up with pond hockey and rinks in their backyards and so forth. You don't get that as much uh, down here in the States, particularly in, in the Southern portions of, of the state of Pennsylvania, New Jersey. Um, and so the Flyers have done a good job at finding even other ways to introduce kids to hockey without having to have them lace up skates. And they have a new program called the Flyers Learn to Play Ball Hockey program. And and why not? I mean, ball hockey is a great way to get kids excited about just hockey in general. Um, and I really love this initiative for just 35 bucks. Kids ages three to nine get six weeks of outdoor ball hockey instruction, along with a Flyers branded street hockey stick, ball and reversible penny that they wear uh, when they're playing. Um, there's a there's a, a link that you can find on the Flyers uh, website to sign up. There's locations all over, uh, mainly New Jersey right now. I think uh, Maple Shade, Gloucester Township, Belmar, and Marlton uh, are still all uh, still all have open registration. Uh, so I really recommend that you take a look if you're a parent that's got a, a youngster that would like to try, even if even if they play traditional hockey but haven't tried ball hockey it's a great way in the off season to get involved and earlier this week uh on the day that they launched they had almost 400 kids ages three to nine at multiple sites who participated on the day they launched this that's a lot of kids um and rick i just i really love that the flyers do these kinds of initiatives it's a great way to maybe inspire the next generation of the sport um and thinking outside the box a little bit 
Well, and ball hockey is is much more accessible. Yeah. Uh, but both in in terms of of the cost of this program, but but also just uh, it's not so as intimidating as as uh, getting on a pair of ice skates. So right. Um, it it's fun. Um, build your stick skills, and maybe you get hooked in the game of of hockey <laughs> and and take that next step. Absolutely. So uh, be sure to check out the. Uh, the Flyers website for the link to that. Um, if you've got kids that age and you're in that area, um, I think it would be a, a great thing to participate in. But the big news coming out of the Flyers front office this week um, didn't have anything to do with the NHL club, at least not currently. It was the fact that the Flyers announced uh, just a couple of days ago that they had mutually come to an agreement with Scott Gordon to part ways, uh, and and his contract is now over. Uh, allegedly, Gordon had one more year on his contract. Um, from what I've seen from some reporting by Sam Carcitti and and uh, so forth, it sounds like uh, Chuck Fletcher wasn't ready to extend Scott Gordon yet. Uh, we know that Scott Gordon had a successful run as the interim head coach. Uh, for the Flyers a couple of years ago before Elaine Vigneault was brought in and actually ended up winning the permanent job uh, away from Scott Gordon. But he did an exemplary job of turning around what was an abysmal season and actually coming out with, for him, he had a winning record on the season. Um, And then with not getting the permanent position, um, wasn't bitter about it and, and respectfully resumed his position as the head coach of the AHL team uh, after that. And I thought at the time it was a very mature and respectable thing to do. I respected Scott Gordon for for doing that. Uh, there are other coaches who would have said, uh, no, if I came up here and I, and I was successful and you're not going to give me the job, I'm done with the organization. Um, I think that Scott Gordon is going to be looking. There's there are NHL vacancies, whether it's head coach or assistant coach. There's vacancies, and I think that Scott Gordon is probably going to be looking. Uh, and with that, with him leaving, his assistant coach Kerry Huffman stepped down from his role as well. In fact, um, in fact, Kerry Huffman did put out a. Let me see. Let me find it here. Uh, put out a tweet saying, "Thank you to the NHL Flyers and LV Phantoms for the last five years." In honor to work with so many wonderful young players, incredible learning experience, but with growth comes change. After getting to be a player, agent, assistant coach, coach, I will be staying in hockey and I'm excited about the next challenge. Hashtag see you at the rink. So it sounds like Kerry Huffman already has something lined up. I would bet uh, Scott Gordon probably, if he doesn't have something set in stone, he's probably got a good inkling of what he's going to do. Or if he doesn't, he'll have offers. Yeah, uh, Scott so. Gordon is uh, an incredible. He's he's just a superb teacher. Yeah, uh, and and very good with young players. But but um, you know he's one of the, what makes him a, a good teacher is he's an excellent uh, communicator. He's one of the guys that I I love listening to his uh, pressers. Mm-hmm. Um, much in the same class of a Paul Maurice who's able to break down uh, the game, who's able to explain things. He explains it uh, well to media, so he certainly can do the same uh, with uh, 
with his players, and uh, I think he'll he won't have uh, any difficulty at all finding his uh, next challenge. Not at all. Now let's let's remind you he has spent parts of twelve seasons as an AHL head coach, both in Lehigh Valley and Providence. Uh, he ranks sixth all time in wins as a head coach in the AHL and ninth in number of games coached with 758 in the AHL. He's got a lot of AHL experience. Uh, he won the uh, Pieri Award in 2007-8 as the AHL's outstanding coach. He In 2018, he led the Phantoms to a division title. In 2008, he did it for the Providence Bruins. Um, and he's also served as head coach of the New York Islanders from 2008 to 2011 and as an assistant with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So Scott Gordon has a lot of coaching experience at the professional level. Um, there is not a shadow of a doubt that he doesn't get picked up by someone. Uh, is it Seattle? Who knows? Uh, does he join the New York organization? Who knows? There, there are so many options out there right now, and and I think we'll definitely see him and Kerry Huffman somewhere. I wish him nothing but the best. Uh, he, I will echo Rick's statement. Uh, he was always a joy to talk to. He is one of the better X's and O's coaches, uh, at least in the AHL that I've had the pleasure to work with. Um, he gives very detailed, thoughtful. Uh, explanations and answers to questions. And I agree with Rick saying that if he does it that well with the media, I can only imagine how well he communicates with his players. Um, so I wish him the best. It's uh, It'll be interesting to see who his replacement is, both him and, and Huff. Um, you know, the Phantoms, before Scott Gordon's six-year tenure, uh, it was a bit of a revolving door behind the bench for, for the, the Flyers AHL affiliate. So I'm, I'm curious to see if they stay in-house or if they bring someone in uh, from outside of the Flyers organization to take up the reins uh, and hopefully, hopefully be able to replicate what a good season they had uh, this year. Um, you know, it was a year that uh, the Flyers – got to call up a lot of guys towards the end of the season from the AHL. And as, as Gordon said in his presser on Sunday night, uh, almost all of them transitioned very naturally to the NHL game and all of them looked comfortable. Um, and that's not a small feat. In fact, one thing that Gordon said on Sunday night that struck me is said, sometimes when call-ups to the NHL happen, they're not ready for the transition when the call-up is out of necessity. And he's talking about injuries. Um, but in this in this year, the guys that got called up were ready, looked ready, and they fit in. Uh, so just fingers crossed that that good uh, prospect development continues with the next bench boss of the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Scott Gordon has had them ready, uh, mm-hmm. has, has had his players ready. The complaint with the, uh, the, the Flyers team, or one of the complaints this, this season, was... Uh, that the young players who were established in the organization took took a step back, uh, but that didn't happen with uh, the Phantoms at no. all. In fact, all of the influx of of young talent, um, and you can you can you can make a list, uh, but they all performed uh, under the 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 teaching of uh, Scott Gordon. They absolutely did. Uh, it's a testament to to what he was able to do. We'll see. Uh, we will, you know, of course, we're going to be here every week throughout the off season, um, 
just because the phantom season is done, that doesn't mean we pack up and and go away until uh, September. Uh, We will be here every single week. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. However, you're currently listening to the podcast. Uh, Make sure that you're subscribed because you're not going to want to miss a a minute. We've got some great exclusive one-on-one interviews coming up over the summer with uh, some fly, some big flyers names, former players, uh, you know, big names around the organization. You're not going to want to miss any of that. And we'll be sure, of course, to keep you uh, up to date on this news as well when an announcement is made about who's going to be taking over the bench uh, at Lehigh Valley. So the Phantoms didn't end up winning the division. um, But Rick, they had, uh, as you say, they had a pretty successful season. um, And a lot of that was their youth movement. Um, You know, Guys came in, Zade Wisdom, uh, Tyson Forster, uh, Lisinski finally got things going. Igor Zamula looked good. Um, you know, there were there were a lot of guys that really helped the Phantoms um, propel themselves to the top of the standings in the division um, and, and really gave Hershey a run for their money. Um, you know, they only had three opponents. They played... Binghamton, they played Wilkes-Barre, they played Hershey. That's <laughs> and they played them over and over and over and over again. Um, but the Phantoms really had a good season. Uh, it it got a little bumpy towards the end uh, with some injuries and and call ups and whatnot. But overall, I think this was a, a very successful season for Lehigh Valley. Wade Allison had nine points Wade in, in ten great. games. Uh, Tanner Lazinski ten points in fourteen games. Uh, Tyson Forrester, 17 points in 24 games. Zade Wisdom, 18 points in 28 games. The young guys were great. Um, and, and, and let's not lose sight of the fact that uh, in the overall standings in the AHL, uh, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms finished fifth, fifth overall That's tremendous. Uh, in the standings, which is a great, a great finish. It, it and and particularly you even mentioned this a, a few minutes ago as poorly as the flyers did the phantoms were the polar opposite of that this year they were like the beacon of hope like okay things are not going well up top right now but don't worry there are some really talented kids that are coming up through the ranks and they're going to be making a difference pretty soon and some of them even made a difference this year you mentioned wade allison well he slotted in at the nhl level and wasted no time in becoming a quick fan favorite um you know tanner lazinski didn't look out of place when when he came up uh igor zamula played two games in the nhl and did not look terrible on the back end um tyson forrester uh when he makes makes it back, you know, we don't know because he's a youngster, uh, maybe, you know, uh, heading back to the OHL next year. Um, but when he comes back to, to permanently be uh, in pro hockey, I think he's going to make some waves. He was tremendous this year. Um, there's a lot of hope. There's light at the end of the tunnel for Flyers fans. There really is. For sure. And uh, if not for uh, the Hershey Bears, who were the uh, best team in uh, who finished at the top of the standings in the AHL, um, the, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms would have taken the division. Uh, Scott Gordon is one who doesn't mind mentioning who he believes were some of his more improved players this year. And so... Um, he mentioned guys like Felix Sandstrom. Uh, Sandstrom really, once he got some regular crease time towards the end of the season, he really kind of came into his own and improved his play. He said uh, he was one of the most improved guys. Outside of that, uh, Linus Hogberg was the first one that that Gordon 
uh, ticked off. He said, you know, he was really uh, his most reliable defensive player um, throughout the season. He felt that Hogberg did a, did a tremendous job this year. He's and then named Tyson Forster and Igor Zamula as his other two most improved players. In fact, he said Tyson Forster, when he saw him at development camp, uh, they weren't sure what they had in this kid and they didn't know if if he was going to be able to put it together. And he said he was so delightfully surprised to see Tyson Forrester come into the Lehigh Valley Phantoms locker room this year and absolutely blow them away. Um, so I think that's a that's a pretty good um, pretty good overall assessment. Um, but it wasn't all the young guys. There were some veterans in, in the lineup who really contributed as well. Um, Max Willman was a standout story this year, uh, spending you know, the bulk of his time in the ECHL last year, um, and has now earned himself a contract. Um, he, he, he really came through this year. Um, of course, Garrett Wilson, Chris Mueller, um, you know, some of those, some of those older guys, uh, really came through. Uh, Scott Gordon said that if, if he had two MVPs in, terms of leadership it has nothing to do with what they did on the ice but in terms of leadership he said captain Cal o'reilly and zane mcintyre without a shadow of a doubt he said you know just the way they conduct themselves off the ice the example they set the leadership they provide he'd call them their two his two uh leadership mvps and in speaking with Cal o'reilly after the game he agreed that this year's team was really something special because of the chemistry inside that locker room this is what he had to say when you're close like that uh, and guys just come, come, come to work every day and practice the right way, it uh, usually you end up being a very good team. And we were, and I think that was a big reason why, like I said earlier, was that we were such a close group. Um, you know, we had a ton of uh, veteran guys and uh, a lot of guys, a lot of guys on this team for the younger guys to see, uh, you know, how hard you have to work every day and you can't take days off. And um, we, we did a great job of that. Uh, I, uh, you know, I was glad to see because, Sometimes Americanly, you, you, you don't have teams like that. And there can be a lot of um, selfish players or guys who think they should be in the NHL and, and they're down here, so they're not happy. But this year, we didn't have any of that. We had guys that bought in and it was, uh, you know, it was, it was great to see. <coughs> Excuse me. Cal O'Reilly, as he said, you know, uh, in, in other portions of, of that interview, you know, he achieved his 500th AHL assist this year. He's been around the league for a little while, but he said, I am not done yet. Um, you know, he was on a one-year contract, uh, so we'll see if he's back with the Phantoms again next year. Uh, but he says he's not done, um, and he's he's hungry for more. I think, Rick, I think he's been a tremendous leader in the locker room this year. I, I, I have a lot of respect for Cal O'Reilly. Well, I mentioned the, the young players who had uh, such good seasons, and uh, to, for that to happen doesn't happen by itself. You need very good coaching. Uh, which we've talked about, but you also need uh, veterans uh, who can provide the leadership, and Cal O'Reilly certainly has done that for the Phantoms for the past two seasons. Um, led in the in the dressing room, led on the ice. Uh, he he led the team in assists, led the team in points. Um, a great leader for uh, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. For sure. Now, at the other end of the spectrum, we've got those young guys. Zade Wisdom was one of the ones who was fortunate enough because the OHL never got started this year. He was able to stay uh, with the team for the bulk of the year. You you mentioned how successful he was. Um, talk to him a bit in that post game on Sunday, just about uh, the lessons he's learned. And it and 
it's easy to talk about the things that he learned in, in terms of the on ice uh, aspect, you know, and you'll hear prospects of, of that age. It's faster. It's more physical. There's you got to learn to be more defensively responsible, things of that nature. But for Zane Wisdom, I asked, I wanted to know, OK, but what did you learn off the ice being around these guys uh, some of them much older than you with a lot of pro hockey experience. What were the off ice lessons that you really learned? And I was really struck by the maturity of this young man's answer. Oh, uh, well, I would say the the main thing I learned this year was like, it's, it's just like any other job, right? You come, you, you get paid to, to play hockey and you got to take it serious. So you come in here ready to work and then give it everything you have. Um, in junior, it was, it was a bit lighter. You could, kind of mess around a bit or come come in after school have some fun with the boys but here like you, you definitely still have fun and it definitely is still a lot of fun but um you got to come ready to work every day and then and, and not not be slack and so that would be the main thing I've, I've learned this this season I have to say and I thought that was a very I thought that was a very astute answer of realizing when you're 18 hockey's been competitive up till that point but it's been pretty fun and you're hanging with all your friends and, and that kind of thing. And and the realization that, you know, this is a job now, being paid to do this now. And the guys who come to work every day come here and take it very seriously. And we can have fun while we're working hard, but you're here to work. And we actually just heard Cal O'Reilly say that, that everybody came to work and worked hard. And that's what you want to see. Um, so for Zade Wisdom at 18, to pick up on that and 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 say that that was probably the most important off-ice lesson he learned, then I say congratulations to the veterans in the group. Uh, mission accomplished. That's exactly the kind of lesson you want a youngster to learn. For sure. And, and I mean, um, you know, he as far as slacking in junior hockey... Uh, <laughs> He's no he slouch. Had, no, he had 59 <laughs> points in 62 games with Kingston in his last year in the OHL. So, uh, But I think the point there is that uh, for some of these uh, players it's it it comes easy and mm-hmm. and uh, and you can be uh, dominant at that level but but when you come uh, to the AHL uh, there's a lot of players that are in your same same situation. There's a lot of good players. You have to, in order to compete, you have to work very hard. And uh, and he certainly picked that up right away. He did. And um, I, I was also impressed. I can't count how many times he used the word grateful in Sunday's interview, not just with me, but with other members of, of the media who were on the call as well. Um, this young man certainly did not take for granted the opportunity he was given this year by being able to play pro hockey for a season um, and he seemed to be just that exceptionally grateful for the opportunity and I was I was impressed to see him humbly admitting that and and just acknowledging that he was very grateful for everything he's learned um, out of curiosity I wanted to know if there was a, a player in particular that he gravitated towards or who mentored him the most you know it, he and O'Reilly, of course, talked about the great team chemistry overall. But was there one particular person uh, that Zade Wisdom really connected with who really helped him transition to the pro game? Yeah, I would. Uh, the, the one guy that I, I still chill with every day and I, I'm still with every day. Uh, we're actually driving back home together at the end of the season. Garrett Wilson, he he took me under his wing and he's kind of that player that I strive to be, that gritty player, that guy who's going around, getting in guys' ears, going in the corners, hitting banging bodies. So um, that's who I kind of gravitated towards because I knew I wanted to be like him and, and he's been, been great. 
That was a, a very enthusiastic response. Uh, I liked hearing that that they hang out every day, that they were driving back home together. Um, so it sounds like uh, Garrett Wilson's been a good mentor. Um, as you say, you know, Zade Wisdom has no trouble putting points on the board, but he obviously wants to be a, a bit of a physical presence as well. Um, and, and Garrett Wilson has been has been there, as he says, you know, out there being physical, banging bodies. <laughs> as he says, he just he has a, he has just a, a, a way with with words with his interviews that just makes you smile. He he really has enjoyed this season. A great role model and, <laughs> and another veteran who who provided some some leadership and, and an example and and uh, Garrett Wilson from Barry, um, Zade Wisdom from Toronto. So they're headed in, uh, in the same direction and and uh, you expect that the, there's a, a matchup a pairing that uh, who might uh, train together in the off season. So if Zade Wisdom ends up going back to play in the CHL next year. Um, has some things to take with him. Asked Scott Gordon about about that and about what this opportunity really gave those youngsters this year who normally under under regular circumstances would not have been part of this roster. Um, and it was, yes, he he talked about how he wants them, of course, to take the lessons learned and take it with them back to the to the OHL and the WHL wherever they may may be playing. Um, but he took it one step further in terms of of something to watch for any prospects on an AHL team who played in the AHL this year who will now have to go back to junior. An interesting point on something to watch. I think the, the, the biggest thing is, do they go back to junior and um, play to that level or do they ramp it up another level uh, from where they left off here? and uh, identify that, uh, you know, they, they probably were exposed to a, uh, a different style of hockey, a, a different style of preparation. Um, and hopefully that, you know, when they do go back, if they do go back, um, they build on it and they don't take a step back and, and get into their comfort zone of where everybody else is at and stay at the comfort zone that they're at now. And that's the that's the key, right? It's a very good point by Scott Gordon. Do these guys go back and continue to play at the high level they they've been playing at in in a pro league, or do they get back around familiar territory and go backwards and and play to the best of a junior ability? And that will be something to watch with each prospect that goes back to junior. Do they continue that elevated style of play, or do they blend in? With the rest of their junior teammates, well, and and that's uh, that's something that's that's key, and and we heard uh, Zade Wisdom talking about um, treating it as a as as a vocation uh, mm-hmm. rather than a hobby, and uh, and and they must those players who do go back to junior must maintain that discipline uh, to to treat it as as. Uh, and, and that goes not only for their for their uh, play on the ice, but for their practice habits, uh, for their uh, their nutrition, um, um, uh, their their off ice workouts. Um, mm-hmm. All of that they have to be as disciplined and work as hard as they did at the AHL level uh, in order for them to not lose ground. Absolutely. And if they can do that, if they can maintain that despite playing in a junior hockey league. When they do finally make the permanent jump to pro, they are going to be that much more ahead of guys 
who are doing that at the same time who didn't have the opportunity to play in the AHL this year. So I, I thought that was a very astute point for Gordon to make um, and something we should all really keep an eye on uh, in next year's junior hockey ranks, uh, the guys the guys who had that opportunity this year and, and how much of that they do keep with them and kind of keep close to the best. Um, just one final audio clip for you, and, and particularly since it was – Again, unbeknownst to us at the time, the last media availability we would have with Scott Gordon, um, I asked him from a from a coaching standpoint. You know, there were lots of lessons learned in this in this odd season, but what did he take away as a coach from this season? What what did, what kind of growth did he have facing a, a, a season with the schedule they had, with the roster limitations, with the COVID protocols, with the travel restrictions, all of it? What what was he taking away uh, from a coaching standpoint from from this odd season that we just experienced? That every year is, is something different. You try to get better as a coach, whether it's your systems, uh, how you manage people. Um, I, I think this year, one of the things that uh, was critical is being able to accomplish everything that you felt you needed to accomplish in practice with the limited amount of practice time that you had and try to keep it short enough that it was functional to be able to say, you know, this works, it doesn't work. And, and we've got to be better in these areas and, and not do it by having a hour long practices, you know, trying to identify the opportunity to be able to have a 30 minute practice and, and maybe have some guys going before we work the power play, whatever it might be. So um, schedule management, I think was something that uh, improved for us and finding different ways to uh kind of combine drills and get everything that we want to get out of it uh, without overtaxing the players. And I think that's a very fair point. Um, practice time. Not only were the amount of practice days limited this year because of the condensed schedule, but the amount of time that teams could spend on the ice actually practicing was limited because of COVID-19 protocols. Uh, the ability to do off ice workouts or watch film was different because of having to do it through Zoom and do it remotely. Um, and so for coaches, that presented a very big challenge. As he said, could you accomplish everything you needed to accomplish given the time that you had with your players? And I I, I think that's a, I think if he feels that they successfully did that, then I think that that's certainly an accomplishment and something to to tick off as growth in in your coaching role. It was a real challenge, and uh, you heard many coaches uh, just complain about it, that they didn't have enough and they needed more, uh, but other coaches saw this as uh, as a reality of the season, mm-hmm. uh, and they became more efficient, and I think that's what uh, Scott Gordon was talking about there. Absolutely. And now some other team will benefit, because he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but seriously, we uh, we I I was grateful um, that we were uh, on the call for that. I actually I should give a shout out to Bob Rotruck, the broadcaster for the Phantoms. Uh, he was kind enough to to put the word out in advance uh, that they wouldn't be doing exit day, and so it would be the last opportunity of the season to to speak with with the coach, uh, and so. Uh, was glad that we were able to participate and we wish Scott Gordon and Kerry Hoffman all the best uh, and congratulations to the Lehigh Valley Phantoms on a fantastic season. I'm excited for the Flyers organization overall to see what 
these kids are going to do in development camp this year and to see those who uh, are are able to compete for roster spots in the fall, uh, what they're going to do in training camp. I think uh, it provides some real optimism for the future of the organization and for the inevitable, maybe sooner rather than later, overturn of some of the older veteran corps uh, and and making paving roads for, for the youth movement. And uh, I think it's pretty exciting. So with that, uh, we are going to take a break. And on the other side, we're going to go around the AHL. We've got lots of uh, American League news to talk about. The CCM AHL Player of the Week. We've got this year's 2021 uh, Hall of Fame uh, for the American League uh, draft uh, inductee class to talk about. Some other awards. And of course, the overall standings for the season. And hey, those Pacific Division guys are still playing hockey because they opted to have a postseason. So we'll catch you up on all of that right after the break. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Media and the AHL Report. We're so glad that you have been with us here today. Uh, it's It's been quite a week and uh, lots of information to cover, and we were so happy to be able to bring it to you. Uh, don't forget, uh, you can also follow me at, on Twitter at Flyers Rule. You can follow Rick at All Habs, and you can follow this podcast at 
the press zone. So be sure you do that. We uh, never want you to miss a minute of any of it. And also be sure you hit that subscribe button. However, you're listening to this podcast right now, whether it's the player on our uh, the the article post on our website, or if it's Spotify, or if it's Google Podcast or iTunes, whatever, however you're currently listening to us, take a glance down and check to make sure that you're subscribed. And if you're not, just hit that subscribe button. That way you don't ever miss an episode. Because guess what? Just because the AHL season is wrapping up, uh, if you've been a longtime listener of this program, you know that that doesn't mean diddly squat, basically, for us. Uh, we you we will be here every week throughout the quote-unquote off-season, uh, bringing you hockey news all year long. So be sure you're subscribed. You don't want to miss a minute. In this segment, we go around the AHL, and uh, the first thing that we want to uh, take care of is talking about this week's CCM AHL Player of the Week, and that would be none other than Hershey Bears forward Connor McMichael um, had two goals and four assists in two games last week, uh, which, of course, uh, helped Hershey secure the overall leading best record in the AHL for this season. Um Connor McMichael has had quite a season. Uh, he's a he's a first rounder from uh, 2019's draft. Um, ended up le- uh, leading the Bears um, in his rookie season in goals, 14 goals and t- uh, 27 points over 33 games played uh, this year. Made his NHL debut with the Capitals. I do believe he's up with their Black Black Aces now. Um, and uh, just, you know, one silver medal with Canada at the World Juniors this year. So, Rick, I, th- I think Connor McMichael has had a pretty decent year. Great season for him. Um, he's a smart guy. He's, he plays uh, both ends of the ice, and, and uh, it's been very successful for him um, in the, on the points column as well. Absolutely. Um, one other nod um, that we want to mention uh, this year, of course, is a little odd for so many reasons, um, and... Uh, the AHL actually just announced today that, well, call chairman of the AHL Board of Governors, but also former longtime president of the league, Dave Andrews, uh, has been chosen by the selection committee. He is the sole member uh, of the AHL's Hall of Fame class of 2021. So he will be inducted uh, next year at the All-Star Classic, which will be held in Laval. It was supposed to be held uh, this year in Laval. It's uh, so they'll they'll be hosting next year. Um, so Rick, I think uh, honoring Dave Andrews so soon after his retirement uh, as president and CEO of the league, um, I think is is quite apropos. If you've only got one person to induct this year, it's got to be Dave Andrews. Well, and, and kind of nice that uh, he goes into uh, the hall um, alone so that all the attention, all the focus is on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he certainly does uh, deserve that for uh, all that he's contributed to the league. Absolutely. Want to mention as well, the league has announced this year's recipient of the Harry Hap Holmes Memorial Award. Um, this has been presented annually since 1972 to the goaltender or goaltenders on the team which allowed the fewest goals per game in the regular season. You might not be surprised to know that that's the Hershey Bears. Um, And so it means that their main tandem for this year are both recipients of the Hap Holmes Award. That's Phoenix Copley and Zach Fakali. I, I have to say, and I even tweeted this because uh, Zach's all because of the the uh, injury in game one. Um, 
for the Capitals by uh, of Vitek Vanacek, uh, Craig Anderson coming into play. Uh, that means, um, you know, Samsonov's there in reserve. Uh, Zach Fukali has been called up to the Black Aces now. Um, what a year it's been for Zach Fukali. And I certainly, I can't deny what a year Phoenix Copley has had as well. But we know from covering Zach since his rookie campaign, and even before that, um, he has faced plenty of ups and downs in his young goaltending career. He's had some really challenging seasons where he played only in the ECHL. Um, and this season has been just such a turnaround for him. Uh, he's he's top notch uh, as far as stats go uh, for goaltending in the league this year. Uh, and Rick, I think he's just had uh, such a tremendous season. I'm just really, really happy to see things turning around for him. Congratulations to them both. Um, and and the, I, I, well, I like this uh, award uh, every year for obvious reasons, but um, it, it also... Uh, I take the time to look back at the previous winners, and when you when you see uh, who has won this award, whether it's Johnny Bauer, uh, Cheevers, or Pete Peters, Pelly Lindbergh, uh, our good friend Vinny Riondo, um, Marty Biron, mm-hmm. um, Matt Murray, uh, th- th- it's it's a great list, uh, and it um, it kind of signals that uh, yeah. the the winner of of uh, this award, um, they in the past they've gone places. Absolutely, and to their credit, um, I haven't checked uh, Phoenix's uh, social media, but I did see that uh, Zach, in response to this announcement, uh, Fukali did say, you know, honestly, this is a team award because we couldn't do what we do in the net if the team in front of us wasn't as good as they were, and and that's and that's very true. It's it's a testament to how solid uh, the defense was in front of him. Uh, in in front of both of them, and uh, really just a tremendous achievement. So congratulations to both of them. Um, so for most of the league, that's a wrap on the 2021 season. Uh, so let's just take a quick look. Who were the division winners? Um, in the Atlantic Division, the Providence Bruins, uh, for a while they were running away with it. Hartford did try to get... Uh, pretty close in in challenging them for it but they the Providence Bruins did win the Atlantic Division. Excuse me. Um Hershey was the ultimate winner of the North Division. Lehigh Valley uh struggled a bit towards the end of the season um and and dropped out of that first place place position so Hershey did take the North as well as the league. Um in the Canadian division, the Laval Rocket uh, had a, a, a very good season. Again, they struggled towards the end of their season, and so the Manitoba Moose were able to kind of creep in there and and get a little a little closer to them in second place. But a, a an excellent season for the Laval Rocket. And stick tap to the Belleville Senators, yeah. who uh, finished eight uh, zero um, and uh, and won their last eight of ten games. So. Yeah, crept into third place there in the Canadian division, and and uh, that was. Is a, a really big turnaround for them to end the season and gives you an indication. You know, I, I think Ottawa has set themselves up well these last couple of years with their prospect pool and uh, Belleville being able to do that at the end of the season is certainly a testament to that. In the Central, yet again, the Chicago Wolves. I feel like that's a broken record every year. Uh, but the Chicago Wolves, uh, now it was it was a little closer in the Central. Cleveland wasn't too far behind. Uh, Grand Rapids Griffins weren't too far behind. But the Chicago Wolves come away with the Central. And we don't know, as far as playoffs for the Pacific, we know for the regular season that the Henderson Silver Knights did 
take uh, the division championship in the regular season uh, with Bakersfield close on their heels. Uh, but Rick, it's it's the Pacific Division is the one that is is has opted to do a postseason, um, and so they had a uh, a Pacific Division play in round, um, which was the. Well, there's a couple of teams who who started play earlier this week. The Tucson Roadrunners versus the San Jose Barracuda, the Ontario Reign versus the Colorado Eagles, and then whoever won both of those two games played last night to determine who was going to advance. And, and essentially, it comes out that the Barracuda are the ones who are going to advance to the semifinals. And so that's a best of three that will be played. Um, there's two separate ones. Uh, that one will be played against the Henderson Silver Knights. So it'll be the Barracuda versus the Silver Knights. They'll start uh, this Friday, May 21st, as well as the Bakersfield Condors and the San Diego Goals. So both of those series will be a best of three. And then the division finals uh, will be also a best of three, um, which will conclude before May 29th. So it's a pretty quick little postseason for them, but uh, I th- it's, it's, it's interesting to see how... They're the only division that opted to do it. Keep your eye on the Gulls. Um, they finished third in the Pacific Division, but in this quirky schedule, the quirky standings, uh, the San Diego Gulls got more points than anybody in the American Hockey League. Mm. They also played more games than anyone, uh, but at 53 points, they were on top. If it had been uh, decided by points, uh, they were they were on top. So um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this uh, this little mini playoff uh, <laughs> run uh, goes for the Pacific Division. Absolutely. So essentially, my feel good finale for this week is put this one in the record books. Um, yes, the Pacific Division is going to wrap up their their divisional postseason, but by and large, the AHL season has come to a successful close. Um, you know, four or five months ago, it was really unclear as to what the AHL season would look like, whether or not it was going to be viable, whether or not it was going to be able to to be conducted f- through to the end of the season they had scheduled in mid-May. And to the credit of the league and to each team and each team's hockey ops staff and medical teams and people taking care of COVID-19 protocols, um, the AHL successfully completed a season this year. And despite the fact that there is not a Calder Cup playoff run, the Calder Cup won't be awarded for a second consecutive year. I think you could say that within the confines of this year, this was a success. Um, All three teams who opted out this year, it seems, are making plans to re-enter play again in the fall. Um, and Rick, I think we just have to take our hats off to to the AHL and to each team for for battling through um, and and bringing whatever kind of hockey they could to their fans, whether there were people in the building or not. That's right, and creatively um, they did, and and it sets up for a um, a very competitive, a very fun season uh, next season. There's going to be some movement. There's going to be teams in different spots. Um, there's going to be new buildings. There's going to be all kinds of excitement next year. And, uh, and we're going to, uh, some of that, that information will unfold in the off season. And, uh, we'll be here each week 
to let you know what's happening. Absolutely. That is a reminder that just because the AHL season is over, it doesn't mean we're going anywhere. Uh, we will be here every week, all throughout the offseason, bringing you the latest in hockey news from around the NHL, the AHL, ECHL uh, prospects. Uh, of course, we'll be here uh, giving you some information on on draftees and, and so on and so forth. So we're not going anywhere. We don't want you to go anywhere. Be sure you're subscribed. Thank you so much for your support all season long. We've got plenty of content coming uh, over the summer. We've got uh, some plans for some really fun exclusive interviews with former players, former coaches, other notables. Uh, you aren't going to want to miss a single week of the Press Zone, uh, and uh, we can't wait to bring it to you. So be safe. Enjoy uh, the playoffs if you're watching, and we'll see you back here again next week. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.